Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. I've been thinking a lot lately about allowing people to do what they want to do and or with, would rather do. And the reason that's become important to me is because I realize that I don't ever want to be in a position to where I'm having to convince somebody of my worth convince somebody of the value that I bring um, to an environment, to a relationship, in any aspect. And I'm not saying that to some degree, some level, depending on the context of this conversation um, or the situation that you're in, that you don't ever have to like prove yourself or show yourself to be who you say you are, to do what you said you're going to do, because we all have to do that, you know. But once that is shown, once we've given people those samples, once we've, uh, you know, kind of put ourselves in that context or in that situation, like, you know, that's not something that I don't think I would want to have to keep doing in order to keep somebody around. And I think one of the ways that any person can find themselves having to do that is that is, is if off top. You had to convince that person or those people of your value in the first place to a degree that was kind of overly excessive. And what really made me think, well, the examples that I was using is because, as you all know, if you follow me and been listening, is that I am a dance teacher. I work at a middle school level, but also a university level. And so, um, The examples I'm about to use today are not shots or hits at any of my students. They're more so examples because I'm able to better make a point or to outline what I'm trying to talk about by pulling from my own experience. And because this is my most dominant experience, then that's it just makes more sense. So I've. I've been invited to choreograph probably like two times since I've been um, an adjunct professor at the university that I work at for our faculty dance concert. Um, but I've also done like other projects where I've asked people to come on or worked with other people, whether I was paying them or not, or they knew up front what was going on. And it never fails that you'll have people who commit that then they have to make a different decision later on or they have to quit or they they want to stop or they want concessions to go do other things while it may or may not honor the rehearsal schedule and the policies and rules and structures that you have in place during this process of this project or the realization of this project and one of the things that I had to start setting in place is a policy for hey if you miss two rehearsals and these you know absences are not based on like somebody passing away like something dire like that and or it wasn't given to me like these um these prior engagements weren't given to me when you were basically um casted for this position and I'm gonna have to you know excuse you from being in this piece because We only have this amount of rehearsals. This is what we have to work towards. And I just realized that I needed to have a standard of operation or people would just come and go and miss and, you know, do kind of what they wanted to do. And I just believe that's human nature. When there are no boundaries in place, 
people going to push them and extend them to how they want, want them to go. And so I just realized that I needed to have, you know, parameters in place to me. So I'm not stressing myself out. And then every rehearsal, we're not coming back. And I'm, you know, I'm having to set aside time for other people to work with them, to catch up and things like that. So I've had these policies for a while. I even have them in my classroom, all that jazz. And it never fails that you'll have somebody who still knows this policy, who's still going to try because they may have something that comes up that's real for them, a shiny opportunity um, that that may seem more appealing or it may seem like a life changing thing or it's just something they really want to do. But what they have priorly committed to, you know, is in the way of that or it's not in a way, but it's kind of hindering that. But they want to be able to try to keep both or they want to let it go. Like this year in particular, the piece that I, I just choreographed, I cast it, I think about 18 people. And I always cast big because one, I like big casts, but also because I know people are going to fall off in the process. I kind of leave room for that. But the final piece at this point, 11 people are performing. So I started with 18. So that's seven people that fell off between the time I cast it to February now show week. And um, I've had dancers like only all but two. One is because... Um, that student didn't return like as a dance major or anything or taking any dance classes. And that's one of the requirements to be in the show. Um, they weren't enrolled in school, so they couldn't be in the show. And then another student, she just didn't come to the, she was a no call, no show for the last two rehearsals before we got into space. And I was just like, no ma'am, we've been on Christmas break. Like that was a, that was a boundary. That was a line. And I made that line clear. So unfortunately, I told her she could be an understudy, but she didn't want to. So she just kind of dropped. And I was like, you know, okay. But any other student, you know, they dropped for various reasons. Like I had one student, she just stopped showing up. And then she came to me later because she knew the faculty were coming to. And I'm just saying this is what I think. The faculty were, were coming to what we call our new choreographers concert. We were coming to watch so that we can um, choose which student work we wanted to go to the college dance festival. And so she was in a couple of pieces in, in that particular show, but she had stopped coming to my rehearsals. I hadn't seen her. Now, she know I also teach hip hop both of these nights. So she came in there at the end of my hip hop class. She was like, hey. Um, I just want to tell you that I'm sorry I stopped coming. Gave me this long-winded apology. And I was just kind of looking at her like, okay. And mind you, by this time she came to me, I hadn't seen her in like two weeks. And I, you know, keep the same schedule. She could have came in there any other day because she's on, you know, they have these same rehearsals at the same time. Like, she could have came to me any time, but she chose this day because now she made, she knows she's about to see me. But I wasn't going to confront her on it because I had already made up my mind, hey, like, that's how you move. You know, none lost. You can do what you want to do. You can do what you rather do. You showed me that. But I also marked in my head, I'll never cast you again because of the way that you did it. It's not because you didn't want to be in my piece. It's just the way that you did it. Um, but I had another student who 
she didn't just stop coming. She was like, you know, I could have emailed you this, but I wanted to come and tell you in person. I took on way more than I than I thought. I really want to be in these other pieces. Not saying I don't want to be in yours, but I really want to be in this NCC concert. And then I want to be in this faculty work. She was like, and then there, there are like two auditions that's going to happen during your rehearsal time that, you know, I'm just going to have to let this go. And I was like, I respect that. <laughs> I was, I was, I was sad because I I had a piece planned for her in my piece. Cause she's a great tap dancer, but I ended up having another tap dancer who was phenomenal and it was her time to shine. So, but she's somebody who I probably would cast again if she wants to work with me, if I have, you know, a vision for what she could do, uh, because of the way she did it, it was the way she, it was the way she did it. She didn't just stop showing up. She, you know, cause one of the things that I've also realized is in my line of work, I'm speaking specifically in what I do is that I never want to be the teacher who tells somebody not to go after something that could put them in a better position because I've specifically had friends, close friends, you know, who I grew up with who they went the school route for dance and then they just kind of quit school, didn't get their degree and moved out somewhere. And now it's popping for them. So, you know, or they went, they wanted to go do pro cheer. Like I had a, um, the, the woman who inspired me to even pursue dance <laughs> at the university level. Cause I was scared to audition. She was trying out, for our Dallas Cowboy Rhythm and Blues team, which is like the only hip hop NFL pro cheer team. Um, well, now it's the first, I think other teams are kind of adopting that, but she tried out for that team. She made it. She was on there for like five or six years, but at the time she was a dance major as well. And the vision for our dance department, they didn't see what she was doing as valuable. So they want you to be in these, in these two different t opportunities to perform but it's like she knows she don't want to do concert dance. That's one. But it's also like if she need performance credit, why can't y'all give her credit for going to these professional rehearsals and dancing in front of 1,500, you know, hundreds of thousands of people every single week? Like, I still don't understand that to this day. But at the time when we was in school, like that wasn't a thing. So she dropped out and. But she was very sick, you know, but people, there's people who want to be in that career. She needed a degree to do that. And I've said this recently on, you know, this podcast that I don't really need a degree to do what I'm doing. I need it for the technical aspect as far as me working at a university. You need a master's degree. Me working at a, in public school, you need a bachelor's degree. Like that's the requirement. But for what I do every day, like teaching dance, talking about dance, I don't need a degree for that. Like. You know, nobody does. And so I never want to be the teacher who like or choreographer who holds somebody back from what they think is best for them, which also brings me to I started practicing like putting that onus on them, because what students used to do is they'll come and ask me for my permission and try to put the choice on me. Like if I told them no, then it's kind of like if this is something they could have done, then I'm going to be blamed for holding them back. And I know that's what they not going to try to do that but I didn't want to feel like that but also like if I told them yes it'll give them permission to now 
you know, cross the boundaries that I have for the operation of my own work, which is not missing two rehearsals, being here, being present. Um, and then you still get to pursue these other things. And so I will put it on them. I will remind them of my policy and ask them, you know, you think about it and make the choice. And then you let me know what you're going to do, because I just think, too, that's just a part of life. Like sometimes we're going to have to make decisions that may burn bridges. We're going to have to make decisions that may, you know, sever a relationship. We're going to have to burn bridges, not burn bridges, because sometimes it don't end in burn bridges. Sometimes we're going to have to make decisions that may disappoint somebody that we've made a prior commitment to or that we told somebody we would be there for or that we would do for them. And we have to renege on it. And sometimes it's just because we we see something shiny and new and we think this is a better opportunity or we know like this may be life changing and only each individual can make that decision. Like from what I know now, if I was a life coach of somebody having to make a, a transitory decision that, you know, could mean something like they have to go back on their word or some something they gave somebody else or a prior commitment they made. I would personally walk through inviting them to look at the bigger picture and all the possible consequences for the decision that they're going to make. Like that's how I would suggest that they move. And what I mean by that is, so for example, I had a young woman, uh, last, last time I choreographed, she came to me, she wanted to do some project and there were two rehearsals that all, they all fell on back then. I had rehearsals on Saturdays that, but they will fall on these days and she would probably be like an hour and a half late for my rehearsals, which that was unacceptable too, because we will work on so much in those rehearsals, given that we only had once a week. Um, and and I told her that when she asked me, she was like, I really want to do these things. She was like, so can I show up late to yours? But what she wanted to do, too, she could show up late for theirs because you made this commitment to me first. Um, but I didn't say all of that. I just like I reiterated my policy and I was like, I think you got to make the decision that's best for you. You know, and so she was talking about this thing like she really wanted to do it. So I was already expecting to make you know, choreographic decisions, because I'm thinking she going to choose this other thing, you know, that's that may seem like a greater opportunity that I don't want to keep her from, you know, so I was planning on making other decisions. She ended up showing some up to the rest of my rehearsals and stuff on time. So maybe she figured like, hey, like this opportunity may be here again, but I did already commit to this. You know, and I just gave the whole cast to around that time. I just told them, hey, y'all, you're in school. You know, y'all get a grade for being in these works because it's part of your performance requirement. You know, you gave us your schedule before we casted you. So just know, like, no, no choreographer, at least me, I can't speak for everybody. I'm never going to keep you from an opportunity but you do need to know that, like, we're put in a, a weird position, too, if you find a better opportunity and then you just kind of renege or you want all of these accommodations that we're already being accommodating based on what you priorly gave us. Because you got to understand in my particular situation that 
you 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 are a student, so you you already made the commitment to attend school. You made the commitment to pursue dance as a degree, knowing what the graduation requirements are, knowing that there are performance uh, requirements, meaning that there are rehearsal requirements based on what you depend on taking on, you know, and then when you audition for this show, you already come in knowing the exact show dates, you already knowing what taking dress is going to be like, so you already know that's part of the commitment, and then you sign, you fill out your availability form saying you're available at these times, these dates. And then so you go through like five steps of making your own decision, taking up all this information and still making a decision to commit to something only to when something else pops up for you to renege. Like that's not a good look. It's really not. But if it's something that you really, really need to do, then you also, you know, need to be prepared for whatever comes with that either way. And so I don't knock students on that, especially on a collegiate level, because usually students, you know, with you being in dance and if you have dreams of performance, like not saying that, you know, we get students between 18, 23, 24, the typical undergraduate, like, not saying that those are the peak years of your performance years because they not, you know, you can, you know, dance beyond that. But what I am saying is that's where you really are finding your lane, finding what you really want to do. That's when certain jobs are more appealing to that age group. Like if you go do nightlife stuff, go go dancing and clubs and different types of things like that, where you have more energy to go do different gigs and go different places like they, you know, that age group is really attractive for certain jobs performatively. So me knowing that too, I don't ever want to keep nobody from no opportunity, but I do put the onus on them to look at the bigger picture because if you chose the school route, then you already know what comes with being in the school route performance level program there are things that you got to commit to that you yeah if you want to go pursue your career outside of school and sometimes you got to make a decision or you got to do things that don't conflict with your studies and the commitments that you have here but that's like me I committed to being a middle school dance teacher I was invited to go back to a prior university I was teaching at before I was teaching at um, on a middle school level. So I was working at two different universities. Now I work at one, but the chair of the university I used to work at, she reached out to me at the top of this year. And she was like, hey, Whitley, we would love you to come teach two or three more classes. And they was willing to pay me more, all of that. And I could have took it on, but I was like, nah, like I've already made this commitment here. I've already signed this contract. You know, I feel like it's where I'm supposed to be like, that's going to like, I can't do both at the same time. So I had to make a decision, you know, and that just comes with it. Sometimes you can't do both things that you want to do at the same time. Sometimes you can like the one university I work at and what I do now, the classes and stuff that I have, like I can do them at the same time. But even with what I'm doing now, one of the classes I had to drop because the year before I had the luxury of teaching it on Zoom, but now they want that class in person. I had to tell the chair, hey, unless I can do this on Zoom again, I can't really keep this class. 
And he was like, no, nah, we really wanted it in person, which was good anyway, because they ended up changing like my lunch break schedule um, this year. And they've been having that schedule for years. So I would have been up a creek. <laughs> so, you know, I say all that to say, like. This conversation was more so about like allowing people to do what they rather do, allowing people to do what they want to do. But also, if you're on the other end of that, like if you're the one who's committed to something, but then you find yourself in a position where it's like, man, I got to pull back my commitment. I got to rethink this. I want to go a different direction. You know, just make sure before you make that decision that you've looked at, you consider the cost on all ends, you know, that you're not just looking at this new and shiny opportunity that's coming up that you may think is once in a lifetime um, and it's blinding you from this will probably come around again, but I've already made this commitment and it's something that, you know, I would rather see through. Or if it's something like, well, I've given what I'm going to give to this and I'm willing to, you know, count the cost and, 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 you know, take on any consequences, good, bad or indifferent that comes with me kind of letting this go and going in the next direction. And I think you can't even live a fulfilling life without at some point having to make that type of decision, even at least once. Like I've had to be in that position a couple of times. And there were some times where I did what was best for me. And I look back on it like, dang, really, that was selfish. And it was messed up how you did it. Like, I remember I was working at this embroidery shop and she hired me at the last minute. She was real flexible with my schedule. And then I wanted to go get a job that made more money. And I didn't even give her like the grace of like giving her a two weeks notice. And I could tell she was real disappointed by that. She wasn't disappointed that I went to go get the job. She was disappointed because it's like if I'm not there because the shop was so small, like they didn't have nobody up there. And I quit on her the exact same day. And I just feel like that because I was so eager for this money when I could have told that job, hey, you got to give me two weeks before I start, you know, Um, and that was back when I was in undergrad. I'm not going to count it for me being young and dumb because I knew in my spirit it wasn't right. And I'll like I won't say I'll never forgive myself because I have, but I'll never forget the look of disappointment she had and she had came through for me on personal things and I still did her like that you know what I'm saying I feel like the way I did that was real personal but I always look at that moment like I was looking out for me you know but at the cost of that relationship at the cost of like you know I didn't like the way I did that you know and there was another instance where I don't think bad of it like the last internship I had Um, In Martha's Vineyard, after I graduated grad school, um, I had to leave a week early from the internship. But when you sign your contract, they say, are you sure you can, you know, make it the whole time? And I'm like, yeah. But then I got this university job and our training was the week that it was going to be the last week. And so I was like, y'all got to leave the last week. They end up sending me home a month early, you know, and that's a whole different conversation. But, you know. I don't regret that decision because it's like I knew for sure this internship was going to end, you know, is going to end. But this is a guaranteed job like and I know I'm going back home. So I you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like I'm in a rock and a hard place here. So, you know, sometimes you got to make those like that's a part of life. You just got to consider the grand scheme of 
like the whole thing. Will this sever a tie if I if I make this decision or if I renege on this commitment? Um, depending on how I do it, will it keep the relationship alive at least? Or no matter how I do it, will it kind of like mess up my chances for being able to double back or anything? And will I be okay if what I'm going towards doesn't work out how I thought and I'm going to keep taking my chances? Like those are all the different questions you have to ask yourself. Um, or if you're in a teacher position or you're in a friend position and they come and talk to you about decisions like this, maybe those are questions that you can offer them like, you know, to look at it from all angles. Don't make the decision for them because it's been in my experience that we have to strengthen ourselves in making these type of decisions like because we can't avoid them, you know. And I think when we make these decisions, too, it makes us take responsibility for our own life choices. And that way they can't ever say, well, such and such told me to do it. Or, you know, I, I talked to this person like, no, they got to take all that responsibility on themselves, you know. And I think in ways that's empowering, whether they see it like that or not. So regardless of where you fall in this conversation, whether you're the teacher, student, friend, you're the one making the decision or you're on the receiving end of somebody reneging on a commitment they've made with you, you know, hopefully this conversation brought some awareness of how you want to position yourself in that, you know, situation, because it is something that I've been thinking about, like, you know, I want people around me to be here because they want to. It's what they rather do. It's what they're choosing to do. So I'm going to set my own boundaries. And this is why my boundaries are important. While also, you know, letting them do what they rather do and going with that. And if they, you know, have to renege on something, if I'm on the receiving end of that, to me, oftentimes it depends on how it's done. Because I, I'm I'm understanding that, you know, sometimes you got to make a decision that's best for you that's not going to feel good for me. You know, and sometimes this even applies to relationships, like setting a boundary in place. Like I've already told y'all about a boundary I had to set with a guy that I was dating, that we had a relationship prior that I had to tell him, hey, like I don't keep men around that I, I, as friends that I've had a past with because that's confusing for me. So that boundary didn't make him feel good because he thought he still deserved access to me, whether it was innocent or he just was on this manosphere type thing. I don't know. That wasn't my concern, but it was like, this is my boundary and the way this relationship is going. It's not working for me. So I had to make the decision for me, no matter how it may have made him feel. So. Yeah, you could take this conversation for however it sits for you. Again, I'm just kind of using my life experience as an example because everybody in here is not a dancer, a teacher or anything like that. So, you know, just take it how it resonates for you and apply it to your own life. And that's what I have for y'all. See you on the next one.